0: Progressive Action Radio Live, this the one you don't want to miss right here, trust me. In about two minutes. Let's get more people to the live. Let's go. what's going on what's going on people now you see who i got next to me we go get down to the nitty-gritty but before before we do that um a lot of things happened within this past week you know you had the new guy they hired this guy from from another country to run a unique unique system in uh new york city the transit authority we gonna touch on that we gonna touch on all that um i want to give i want to give a shout out to all the listeners who um, who watched the show. I'm very happy with the outcome that we're getting. And um, we're going to get into these. We got some advertisement that we go get into before we, we go crazy here. Before we go crazy. Let's get it. All right, look. This is some hot clothing right here. Some very hot clothing. It's called WeMoveNewYork.com. Y'all need to go there and visit that. We move new york.com if you move new york and you're proud that you do that then you need to check out we move new york.com for the hottest new york city transit apparel trust me when i tell you this is hot like i see train operators with these hats on you know major league motorman, conductors major league um conductors and all that um transit employees can show pride in the service that they provide to new york city Check out their snapbacks, beanies, t-shirts, hoodies. And they also do custom orders. It's my boy Q, man. He got some hot clothing. Check it out. We're going we to put his um, website, wemovenewyork.com, at the bottom of the page throughout the show. So y'all could definitely go check that out. He even said he go get me some shirts and, and things like that to wear while I'm on the show. So shout out to my boy Q. But without further ado... We got the man here with me today. Now, I'm going to tell y'all the truth if I haven't told y'all this before. Back in 2005 when the Transit Authority went on strike, I was working for the Department of Education. I was very happy when the Transit Authority went on strike because I seen this powerful man stand up against bosses. And and that right there, like, motivates me more than anything. And I looked up to Roger before I even became a transit authority employee. So I'm very grateful that I can have him sitting next to me, you know, a man who's filled with nothing but information, knowledge, strength, power. It don't get no better than that. How you doing, Mr. Toussaint?
1: Um, hello to all the listeners.
0: So what we'll bring you here today?
1: Well, you asked me to, <laughs> to drop in, so I, first chance I got coming up to New York, I... I gave you a holler and told you I'll be available. I pre- I'm leave, leaving um out of here to go back to Atlanta.
0: I appreciate I appreciate you stopping by, man. It's like sure. it's like I look up I don't look up to too many people, but I look mm-hmm. up to you. I like mm-hmm. the work that you put in, mm-hmm. and um you know things like that. So for the people who don't know who you are, tell the people who you are. Well, um like you know when you was the president and things like that.
1: You know, um, I became a transit worker, started as the cleaner back in um, the early eighties. And um, I became the chairperson of the track division in maintenance of way. Um, I served in that position for six years um, and then I became, I was elected president of the all of the entire local beginning in January of 2001 and I served three terms until the end of 2009 Um, then I left and went on to work for the International Union in Washington DC for three years and then I retired from the International Union in 2012 And pretty much since that time I've been in Atlanta that's the long and short of it but the the point that you made about the strike I think it's important for people to that's a pivotal issue in understanding what the um, in understanding um the things that the, the media and others say about my administration and about tw and the local um because what we did in 2005 stood as an example for the entire labor movement and for social justice causes and they needed to erase that so that's the reason why there have been unrelenting attacks on our legacy and on the strike and on my administration um, because they far prefer to to advocate for leaders that allow new pensions to be imposed that allow transit workers to be bullied and pushed around um, rather than an administration that stood up to them and refused to impose an inferior pension on on, on the on the next generation and so forth so as a result the media has um, been unrelenting on in, in, in its attacks on the strike and sadly the current union administration and and their personnel um, have been right there with the New York post and the daily news viciously attacking the the proud militant legacy of of um of the union, and of the strike in two thousand five. So it's important. It's, it's useful that you mentioned that because that's um, I think it's important to understand.
0: And and who who exactly? Because we like to put faces to these names as what? far as like anybody in particular who who stood in opposition of, of the strike that's there now.
1: Well, certainly John Samuelson but his whole crew, and um, um Steve Downs Nicholas Bedell, who supposedly educates the shop stewards. Their, their, their principal point of, of departure, when talking about the history of TW Local 100, their principal message and lesson is that the worst thing that ever happened to the union was when Roger Tucson became the president. And that's what they try to teach. And then they have to go from there to attack the strike that I led, 2005, and to find all sorts of reasons to attack it. And actually, the strike was very successful, and it, was, it is clearly um, one of the proudest points in the legacy of T.W.
0: Now, let's, let's, I, I was in the crew room yesterday, mm-hmm. and it seems as if there's some miscommunication because I don't think people don't know even know why they struck right. from back then. So could you tell the people of Progressive Action Radio, why did you strike?
1: Right. We went on strike because at the, at, the, at the last hour of the negotiations, when the contract was about to expire, the MTA came out with a, a, fi- a last and final offer which in which they were demanding that we agree to uh, a new pension for future hires, for future transit workers. And that new pension would have required the tripling of employee contributions from 2% up to 6% and the extension of the retirement age to 62, um, from, from age 55. We told them there was no way we were going to agree to any of that. Um, so we reported this back to the executive board. There was a discussion on the executive board and the decision was made to strike beginning at two depots in Queens um, and then going system-wide. So the strike, the issue that we struck over was the MTSD insistence on imposing a new pension on future transit workers. And the strike was successfully prevented that from happening between 2005 and 2012 when Governor Cuomo was able to get a tier six pension, the exact same pension that we struck over, get it imposed without a shot being fired.
0: So basically, what you fought off, John Samuelson gladly accepted. Accepted.
1: And what we fought off with the strike, prevent everyone who was hired between 2005 and 2012 um, were hired under the, the traditional tier four pension. 2% contribution, uh, retirement age 55, with 25 years of service, um, everyone hired after I've seen uh, after 2012, I've seen their employee contributions almost triple, and I've seen their their pensionable earnings capped at um, I think it's 15,000 above their 40 hours, which is a is a massive massive reduction in, in in income for people when they retire. Um, and when you think about the amount of money the strike saved the um, the the peop- the people who um who were hired between two thousand and five and two thousand and twelve that's seven years. The rate of attrition in transit is close to two thousand people plus annually so that would be for for seven years that would have been um fourteen thousand people who have come who 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 we saved from having to contribute almost 6% towards the, towards the pension. Um, so when you want to calculate the value of the strike, you have to think of all of those, all of those um, gains, um, in addition to many others that we want in the strike.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, another question that, you know, people always want to know is that, why did you come back so early? Instead of uh, dragging it out past Christmas or to New Year's,
1: well we struck to prevent the imposition of a new pension when um uh, when when the transit authority agreed quietly on the third day of the strike um, to take that off the table and in fact agreed to um, to a pension refund they agreed to refund 131 million dollars of overpayments to over twenty two thousand members who were overpaid into the pension fund. So not only do we get them to back off the new pension, we got them to issue a pension refund. We got them to agree to Martin Luther King day, a, a holiday for the first time. And they, that need to be very important. Yes. You got us Martin Luther King Absolutely. day as a holiday. Right. It never, we never had it before. And we got them to agree to fully cover people when they retire in terms of medical coverage, when you retire for people who did not have medical coverage between age 55 and when they got a Medicare at age 65. Um, so that, so, so so the coverage now includes age from age 55 to age 65, once you retire all over the country. Um, so those were, once we had those things in the bag and agreed to signed and sealed, mm-hmm. there was no reason to stay out over there. Um, uh, and And put our members at, at and the union at further risk because so we came back because we won um and the notion that we should stay out out there um is misses the point of the terms of the reason why we went out in the first place we went out to to block the pension we blocked it we came back to work
0: and that, and that, that was a successful strike, like you said yeah. um now
1: even even though you, you gotta understand even though. There were some sacrifices involved. For instance, we did agree to a one point five percent employee contribution towards health benefits, um, with the understanding that that accounted for uh, the bulk of that account will cover the cost of providing lifetime medical coverage for retired employees. Correct. Um, now that beca- so, so so that becomes a, a measure of sacrifice. Now, for those members who believe that you can end, go into a fight and that doesn't involve trading punches and trading blows um, and, and, no, and, and, and no sacrifices, then if you believe that, then you don't understand what a fight is about. Um, so there was a measure of sacrifice, but we won in a big way in terms of what was on the table before the strike compared to after the strike.
0: Now, I want to I make this clear to the, um, to the listeners. A president cannot call a strike because he want to call a strike. The e has to vote on the strike. Right. Because there's another, you know, rumor out there, oh, you know, Roger just wanted to call a strike, but the president can't call a strike. The e boy has to vote on it. Absolutely. And could you remember that e vote? Was it overwhelmingly yes? Like, were they excited to go on strike?
1: The, the the vote on the executive board was um, three to one in favour of a strike, um, and I, I actually didn't even vote. The president only votes if there's a tie. Uh, if there's a tie, if there wasn't a tie. It was a three to one vote. So my my uh, my job was was uh, was then to execute the decision of the executive board, which I fully agreed with. Um,
0: yeah okay okay so um during during because i I was hearing things like while you was um preparing for the strike or or while the strike was going on you had certain people in the administration detracting from the strike like something about flyers floating around
1: yeah there there was a lot of undermining undermining taking place and this undermining was being led by john samuelson and the people around him um and the people around him now um The main way that we prepared for the 2005 strike was to get the members involved in what we call days of action. Every few weeks, we would carry out simultaneous actions at dozens and scores of locations around the system that could involve lunchtime pickets or shop gates and um, marches, demonstrations, slowdowns, solidarity days, and so forth uh so the we had gotten confirmation that samuelson was purposely uh undermining and sabotaging any days of action from occurring in the the maintenance of way department and we had reprimanded him on this issue um so there was undermining taking place of the preparation for the strike Mm -hmm. um and then of course during the strike itself we had additional problems um, where some individuals um, began to argue that we should have basically taken uh, accepted management's final offer, or given it given management's final offer to the members to vote on imposing a uh, an inferior pension on future transit workers, and that that came up in the on the second day of the strike, and that served to also try to undermine and weaken the strike. Um, so there was, a, there was a, lot of, a lot of stuff going on. But certainly, the undermining of the strike, the, of the preparations for the strike, was being led by Samuelson and his crew um, in the lead up to 2005. And then after the strike, uh, and the imposition of fines and the removal of Chekhov from the union, meaning the court had ordered that um that the that the the MTA no longer forward members dues automatically to the union every pay, pay period uh, so we had to collect dues by hand through for for through each individual um member samuelson put out a series of flyers basically encouraging people to not pay their dues and that continued for a whole year wow um Um, and there were other people doing some doing likewise but samuelson was attempting to undermine the union's ability to collect dues in order to 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 be able to to handle business
0: would would you consider that scab behavior
1: absolutely this is treachery of the worst type um and the way he did it is he put out flyers saying that if you contribute dues if you if you pay your dues it will be wasted on roger's staff um so, this is a, a slick way of telling people, don't pay your dues. Um, it is, it is, it is, it is treachery. It is sabotage and treachery of the worst type.
0: Did he ever go uh, a period of time without paying his dues?
1: Um, not, I don't think that Samuelson himself. I think others in his, in uh, others in his crew, including Utano. i seen Utano uh, paperwork, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, evidently, its had skipped paying dues. Um, there were several people around Samuelson who, who took him to heart and didn't pay their dues, and actually we ended up removing some people from office um, in in track department who had not who had who had played wrong and not paid their dues, and because they, they were encouraging members to not pay their dues, um, but you are required in order to be an officer to maintain continuous good standing in terms of dues payment, um, so some people were removed as a result of that.
0: Yeah. Now let me ask you. Um um, I, I know that there's a law as far as us being a forced union in our state. In order to maintain employment here, you must be in content and payance of your dues. So they could have actually got fired for this from the channel.
1: No, no, no. no. In, in in New York State, you can either you, you pay your dues if you're a member of a union. Yeah. If you don't pay, pay your dues, there's, what, there, there's a shop there's agency. There's something fee? called an agency shop fee, okay. which is roughly the equivalent of dues. That is paid from the take note of the check of non-members, people who have not signed the union card, mm-hmm. and that agency shop fee is is sent to the union as well.
0: Okay. Now you mentioned something about um uh Sam said saying that the dues is going to go to your staff, but isn't then you cut your staff salaries
1: twice once after the strike, um, once we were paying these fines and the union was in a financial uh, had some financial uh, challenges. Um, that was, this, that would have been the second time that I had cut my salary, um, and staff salary. The first time was when we took office, I cut my salary by 25% and I cut the staff salary by 8% when we first took office. Okay. Um, and it's, it's important that you mention that because I have been, I'm, I'm, I'm distilled by some of the misconception and confusion, especially on um in social media, that try to suggest that either my administration was dishonest or was taken from the membership or taken from the union and, and so on and so forth. In fact, the record of my administration was not of taking, but of giving and of sacrifice from the very beginning. And folks need to understand that um, new transit workers don't are not familiar with the history, and are being easily misled mm-hmm. by people who are who are um, who are trying to create confusion um, um, in the you know among transit workers. So, for instance, just in terms of what the actual history is before i became president of the union i had i was fired from the transit authority and had gone without a paycheck for two and a half years that's two and a half years of sacrifice i don't think any other transit worker has sacrificed that much two and a half years without a single paycheck i continued fighting and representing members the union attempted to remove me from my union title as chairperson of the track division during those two years and I had to go to court to prevent that from occurring. Once we took office, we then did a series of things. One is I cut salaries in order to, in an effort, a series of measures to bring the union and the officers closer to the membership. I cut my own salary by 25 percent, I cut staff salaries by 8 percent, I I, um, I made the union benefits, the staff benefits, equivalent to what transit workers get. So, for instance, at the union, in the union at the time, staff members were entitled to unlimited paid sick time. So, some people had been out sick for a year, two years, and they were getting their paychecks for two years. Wow. I changed that and, I, and I, to 12 sick days, exactly what transit workers have. My point of view was um, you should live under the same terms that you have negotiated for the members. Um, so we went from unlimited pay six times to twelve fifty. Staff members had a special Cadillac health benefit plan. I eliminated it and put people, everybody into the same health benefits plan the transit workers were in at the MTA. Um, staff members also had a Cadillac pension. In which, um, the options included cashing in lump sum payments. So, for instance, in my first year in office, I was signing checks for former officers who had retired, and some of those checks were it went for nine hundred thousand dollars, a million dollars, and wow. so forth. I eliminated the the the, um, the lump sum pensions, and had the actuaries recalculate the staff pension to make it to make it. Roughly equivalent of the of what a senior transit worker would be entitled to when you combine your nice suspension with whatever you got from the union, those two things combined should be roughly the equivalent of what a senior transit worker would be would have been able to to make. so those those were the reforms that um that we that we did within the first months of being in office. so that was a that's a record of sacrifice. Of giving, right, of, uh, of accountability um, uh, to the membership, and and folks don't understand that, and instead you have all of these wild st- things being said on the internet. Um, that's a product of just confusion and misinformation.
0: Correct. Now another thing, um, the health benefits trust. There's a lot of you know uh, talk about that. Why did Roger give up the health benefits trust and and all that type of talk? Could you explain that to them the, the situation with that?
1: Well, I have posted a bunch of a bunch of material that you can we can repost it, I can provide a link so that people can look at the documents themselves and so on and so forth. But essentially the the agreement that we, that we that we made was for a, was for the MTA to guarantee the benefit plan with some with certain specified improvements. The MTA agreed for the first time to permanently guarantee the, ben- the, the level of benefits and maintain the level of benefits, in exchange for which we gave them the ability to administrate the um, the, the benefits through the MTA um, through the MTA, a chyron body, the crew that they call it, but the the the, the MTA um, benefits office or whatever. Okay. Um, but the the trick is this: in every negotiation prior to that, the first thing that you negotiate was over the rising cost of health benefits, and this is go, this is going on all across the country, right? But the the MTA's claim and all the employers around the country have always been claiming that in each negotiation that health benefits was increasing in, at double. Digit inflation um, in fact and and that and so so the arrangement was historically that the MTA and the union agreed to a defined contribution, meaning the employer would make a contribution to a tr- to the health benefit trust, and then you have to make that money stretch and cover the benefits that you provide, or you have to reduce the benefits to match the money that you have okay and frequently that is what had to have been done you had to cut the benefits in order to match the money that you had and in fact when i took over in 2001 the state insurance body that that is that that su- that um, supervises or monitors health benefit trusted um, employer health benefit plans um, had notified the union and the and the health benefit trust that the benefits had to be cut because they had audited and, and there wasn't enough money and the law required the reduction of benefits, which we refused to do. We refused to allow to allow that to happen so the arrangement in, in the arrangement to turn over the administration of the trust to the MTA was in exchange for the MTA guaranteeing the level of benefits and that re, that removed the um remove that as a point of leverage um that the employer could have and could use against against the uh against the union um so that that was the that was the exchange now what people do also don't understand is that the union was not running the health benefit trust the health benefit trust was run by trustees three trustees from the union three trustees from the mta with equal weight and if there was a dispute, then you have to take that dispute to, to the arbitrator. Okay. So um, so so the notion that the union was running the health benefits trust is false. It never occurred. It was never happening. But the other thing about it is as part of the agreement um, that we made for the MTA to take to, to to take over the administration of the of the of the trust of the of the health benefits, sorry. Um, we also agreed to set up a senior labor management committee of equal representation from the MTA and from the union, three and three, very similar to the, to the, to the board of trustees that existed before. And we agreed to, um, that any, dis, any, any disputes or disagreements will also be taken to an arbitrator. So we had virtually the exact same mechanism same dispute resolution mechanism that existed before the trust that was preserved uh, with, with with the rights preserved and what happened is that under Samuelson administration they didn't exercise that mechanism which mm. is still in the contract mm. um, senior labor management health benefits committee um, the union is supposed to be represented in that by the president of the union, the secretary treasurer of the union and the union and, um, and someone else um, appointed by
0: the union okay now um that that's that's very important because you know we just got aetna and you said that you know the samuelson administration wasn't exercising that mechanism that was in the contract right. so do you think the mta got away with giving us aetna because this seems like a reduced they, they not maintaining the same um level of benefits
1: well Absolutely, under, the, under the, the signed agreement, the Senior Labor Management Committee was supposed to meet at least on a quarterly basis. Um, Samuelson and his people cannot produce minutes of any quarterly meeting, which meant that from when he took over in 2010, there should have been four meetings in 2010, four in 2011, 12, and so on and so forth. So there should have been something like 17 meetings that should have occurred that would have been tracking any proposed changes, um, reviewing any audits, reviewing any studies. um, And if the MTA um, had changes that they were contemplating, they would have had to bring it to that senior labor management committee for review. Um, And if there was a disagreement over that, then the union had the option to take that disagreement to the arbitrator, just as existed under under the health benefit trust. None of these things occurred, which means that the union was asleep at the switch.
0: All right. So would you would you say they was asleep or they turned their back on purpose?
1: I think I think that they I think it's both. I think that the way things have come come to operate is that they um, they 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 either they're lazy in terms of in terms of doing their job, but also they've learned to look the other way in you know, order to allow management to do things to the membership.
0: Wow. Wow. Now, um, also, during your tenure as president, there wasn't no layoffs right and then and then, as soon as um Samuelson basically come on the the union experience layoffs now um people have been accusing on social media that you gave up the no layoff clause um which which if people read the contract, they would see that's untrue, but could you expand on that how the uh, no layoff clause worked and why? the MTA didn't do layoffs during your tenure, but did it during Samuelson tenure?
1: Well, the no layoff clause entered the contract sometime in the late 90s, 98 or 99, something like that. Um, And the no layoff clause that was in the contract called a no layoff clause. Two things about it. One is that it says that 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 clause expired um, in 2000 and
0: 2002, yeah.
1: Um, so I didn't give up anything that the, contra- the the agreement said that that expired in 2002. The other thing about it is that clause said that the um, that there will be no layoffs um, uh, based on or similar to the DC 37 no layoff clause. No layoff provision. Okay. The DC 37 no layoff provision says there should be no layoffs except if there is an emergency, right? And in fact, there have been numbers of layoffs since that clause went into the DC 37 contract in DC 37. So it was a it was a phony clause that was put into the contract in order to sell the contract to the members in the 1999, I believe. Um, um, wrong, 98 or 99 wrong for people to vote for the contract. It had no, absolutely no meaning. It had no weight at all to it. And it expired as the clause said, it expired in 2002. But at the end of the day, whether the employer resorts to layoffs or to other su- such attacks depends on whether they believe that there will be pushback from the union and there will be consequences and repercussions from the union. I made it very clear to them that layoffs would be a strike issue under my administration. And as a result, they never, um, I'm sure that they thought about it Um, um, and they they tried to move in that direction, but that, um, that never occurred under my administration. And I'm talking about for almost 10 years, from 2001 to 2009, through some of the most bitter struggles. And and my administration also um, ran the union in the aftermath of the World Trade Center collapse um, when the government and the MTA had had a lot of cover to doing whatever they want because the country was under attack. Because I also ran the union in the middle of the 2008 crash, the economic crash in 2008, which was the worst economic crisis since the great depression in the 1930s right mm-hmm. um so those were to the two most trying times when employers all over the country <laughs> had a lot of um excuses for doing all sorts of um for conducting all sorts of abuse and attacks um, but so it tells you something when you see that they were not able to conduct those layoffs, even though they had those type of excuses available to them. They were not able to carry out layoffs under my administration, but as soon as Samuelson comes in, yeah. layoffs.
0: And then the people also need to understand the politicians that you was up against. Right. You were-
1: we were up against a Republican administration in, in, um, in Albany, Governor Pataki. Um, and we were up against just as during the strike, um, and for some years after the strike and we were up against the Bloomberg administration, Bloomberg is a billionaire mayor, Mm -hmm. right? So we were up and he was a Republican as well. So we, 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 we were up against very powerful people and we stood up to them. And during the strike, I mean, we, we blocked a new pension from being imposed on transit workers. Virtually single-handedly, you know, f- taking on Pataki and Bloomberg single-handedly, and here comes Samuelson and Cuomo, um, and they and Cuomo is able to change the pension for hundreds of thousands of public sector workers in New York State and City, um, up against um, dozens of unions, and he's able to get away with it. Right? Yeah. He was able to get away with something that they could not even. They, they, that, that we stood up single-handedly and blocked them from doing in 2005.
0: Now, I want to ask you, because you brought up Bloomberg, how did you feel during the strike when he labeled transit workers as thugs?
1: Well, I think that the, 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 that's a dog whistle, what you call a dog whistle. You know, people, hear, people hear certain messages with their inner ear. And when he was referring to us as thugs or thuggish, um, people understood that that's language that he would not have used, dealing with white um, union leaders, or with the cops, or with the firefighters, and so forth. And folks understand that the fact that 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 the fact that our union was led by by a, a black man, a person of color, and an immigrant—that that is what was being referred to. I mean, why would you think of? Why would you? look at a transit worker and think thug correct you know know? our people wake up early in the morning um you know to to get trains and buses moving right um thugs don't do that right we will we work the hours that thugs don't work
0: (laughs) yeah now um another important thing that we see on the internet is you in the cell of this this uh, union hall, eighty Weston, oh, you know, and we posted. Um, new, you gave us numerous documents to look at on on progressive action, but you know, sometimes people don't want to read; they want to hear from the man, mouth himself.
1: Well, people should read, and um, and I don't, I don't think it is a it is a helpful exercise, because I've I've addressed this so many times, right? So people, if people have questions, it should be based on trying to. Get themselves informed and educated, and then any questions would be appropriate, and could be answered, right? Yeah. But um, but uh, when questions come from a posi- from a point of just disrespect, or where you just people just, individuals just echo any kind of rubbish that they hear, um, put out in the crew rooms or in the media. Um, and they don't understand why the media and certain interests um, would, would, would would be would want to attack and defame um, the the my administration and and, and the local um, then they don't understand the, the the great impact and significance of the of the battles that we that we took on mm-hmm. um, but at the end of the day it is very simple the building was appraised for um, thirty nine million dollars by um, by a by a, a group of um, of officers who i i put into to um to look to explore the um the the, the the mechanics of selling the building and that group that committee of three of three officers were all people that ran against me and on that committee also was the general counsel for the Inter- International Union. Um, I was not on that committee. They hired um, uh, uh, um, professionals to to come up with, a, with, a, with the value of the building, mm-hmm. and it was valued at 29 million dollars. Um, we put out bids for the um, to sell it. And most of the most of the bids came in around the price of the the the, the cost of the um, around the, the the amount of the value. One bid came in for sixty million, which would be um, o- over twenty million above the value of the building. Um, so it was prudent and appropriate to take that seriously. In fact, you have, have a fiduciary oblig- obligation to do that um as far as as far as the so the question is the issue with us with the sale of any building or any property or a house or whatever is if the money was right and if the timing is right yeah right? yeah the money was right right because it was it was it was um um more than 50% above the value um and um and the timing was right because we had been um the the the, with the real estate market you do not know whether you whether you're facing a downturn in a month or next month or six months or so forth and so the window of opportunity opens and closes yeah all right um and anyone who has sold their house know that know that um that 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 that's the nature of that of of that animal you um so so the the um, the, so the timing was right in terms of the in terms of us grabbing that um, sixty million dollars. But the other thing is that since I had become a transit worker, it was universally held that the location of the union hall at 80 West End was a poor location. It was 20 minutes walk from the nearest subway. Right. Um, and um and that we needed to be at a location that was more convenient for transit workers mm-hmm. in addition to which there was no capacity to have large meetings in that building um the the, the we, you, there were four meeting rooms with a capacity of 70 persons for each room that would make it um 7 by 4 uh, 28 to um 280 people mm-hmm. We were having, even if you get all of the the officers together, section and division officers, you're talking about almost 300 people. When we were having meetings of officers alone, we would have to rent um, rooms in other union halls. Um, If you're having a membership meeting, you certainly have to rent rooms from other union halls or other facilities. Yeah. So we needed a facility that could uh, that could accommodate a, a union our size, um, that would have the capacity to at least have um, have um, meetings of several hundred people. So that was all all in the in the in the um, in the planning to acquire a property that would suit the needs of. Of, of the union and take care of the future needs of the union as well
0: correct now you you speak about the numbers and the, and the capacity of, of building and things like that now they they complain about um 80 western but they go and uh buy rooms right
1: <laughs> they bought they bought two detached floors um it is a total waste of money a total waste of money on, on the part of the and that should be investigated.
2: Yeah,
0: and, 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 you know, like I said, it's a lot of, they, it's a lot, they create the speculation of you in the old union hall. But Nick Bedell admitted to me that his friend was the uh, realtor, broker, on the deal of uh, 195 Montague Street. And that seemed to go, you know, they sweep that up under the rug. There's no uh, conversation about it. You know, then they just, if it was you, you know, <laughs> they would have probably tried to send the feds at you. I mean, to see what's going on
1: but certainly they they're, they're the masters of a double of double standards but the purchase of that montague street those montague street offices it makes no sense at all um and and when if it doesn't make any sense then 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 the reasoning is was a suspect correct and it should be looked into
0: correct and and you know it just seems like with with it's not it's not member friendly, you know. I don't think they really use it. They know they're not gonna educate members. Because what if a thousand members out of the forty thousand decide to actually show up? What does mm-hmm. the union do? Right. You spend thirty million dollars on a building, it should um root floors, it should be able to do right. everything. And you know, that that seems to go unwarranted uh with them. So now um another thing people get confused. Is that uh Sam beat you in a, in an election? uh you know how Samuelson became president? um could you clear that up that you know he never beat you?
1: right um I did not run in the two thousand and nine elections. I did support um, a candidate Curtis state, which was one of my biggest biggest mistakes I have ever made um, That's the second time I heard you say that yes. um. So I did not run in 2009 elections at all. Um the only other time that Samuel Samuelson ran in the 2006 elections for uh, in the top 3 positions and he and and my slate beat him. Correct. In 2006 elections.
2: Correct.
0: So now you know we 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 fast forward a little bit and we look in, into how friendly a union president could be with the governor yeah. and um could you ever have been cool with Pataki or cool with a Cuomo-type character and, and without it benefiting your members?
1: Right. I, I think that the, 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 it is clear to me. I mean, when Samuelson came in, people should remember that in 2010, when Samuelson came in, um, under Walder was the chairperson of the MTA, who, and that was followed by Lothar, um. I guess a couple of years later. People should remember that both of those chairpersons took turns just slapping Samuel Snarong and dogging him, um, because he was weak, um, and he was um, desperate, um, and perceived as being as not being a serious challenge or threat to them. So as a result, in 2010, Waller went to threaten layoffs. But this is after Samuelson was offering to um to open up the contract um that I had negotiated mm-hmm. um and he offered to set up um a dollar van company to um to to employ laid off members and Waldo went ahead and laid people off anyway. And you people you should remember that Lota was on TV talking about how Samuelson um, was a no-show at negotiations and um, didn't know how to negotiate and so on. That's correct. So then all of a sudden now, Samuelson has, has this profile because, he, uh, because he, he came on board with Cuomo. Um, and how that occurred had very much to do with uh, Cuomo's decision to use Samuelson and TW. Against the long island railroad um unions, long Island railroad unions were um were slated for a seventeen percent wage increase, and Cuomo wanted to go in there and uh, and tell the arbitrator um, that um that that they should get the same raise um that t w negotiated and not get seventeen percent and that's the reason why. Why Cuomo bought Samuels on board so he can use them uh, use them against the Long Island railroad workers. So their so their relationship is not to the benefit of transit workers. The relationship is to the benefit of Cuomo. Correct. Um, and that's the problem. Um, mm. uh, and 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 Cuomo has continued to use him, For instance, against the De Blasio administration, taken out. Spending tens of thousands of dollars on taking out ads, um, doing Cuomo's dirty work against the Blasio. Um, not to defend the de Blasio, in terms of, I'm not saying that that the union should be defending the de Blasio, and the Blasio screwed up big time with this zero um, vision zero vision zero um, policy, with respect to bus operators and accidents and so forth. Um, and there's no question that he need to be dealt with on that. But but it is clear, and everyone in the labor movement knows, it's an open secret in the labor movement, that Samuelson was, was carrying Cuomo's water. Mm-hmm. He was doing Cuomo's bidding. He was Cuomo's hatchet man, going, uh, going after um, de Blasio in the way that he did, and continues to, to, yeah. to do that.
0: And even in that, um, you know, the New York Times just put out an article um, about transit workers, and they mentioned in that article that, the Samuelson administration ha- has gave the governor over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in campaign contributions. Yeah, um, is it like that's another weird sign when you think of you know supporting a governor that don't give anything to the workers.
1: Well, it's 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 a it's a it's a it's bad policy because you're supporting a governor that imposed the tier six pension. On the few on the, on the on 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 transit workers hired after 2012, mm-hmm. that's a TSC. That's a that that is worth hundreds of millions of dollars, because at at a, at the rate of 2,000 people being hired hired um leaving transit authority every year, and being hired between 2012 and now, that's 10,000 people. In the next five years, that will be 20,000 people. Correct, right, and they will be now be contributing. Um, almost six percent, and they will be capped at fifteen thousand dollars above their above their forty-hour pay. If you do the math on that, that you, you're talking tens of tens of tens of millions of dollars. That becomes hundreds of millions of dollars um, because the, the entire population of transit workers in less than in less than um, fifteen years are going to be tier six. Correct, and they'll be and they'll be um, working operating under those um, under those um, those rules. So the point is, how do you befriend someone that did that to you to your own people? Correct, um, which is what Samuelson is doing, which it just invites more abuse and more attacks, because Cuomo believes that he can get away with anything. Correct, because he has gotten away with anything, with everything.
0: Now another thing that you know in compound to the tier six. The first time ever, you know, five years top pay on top of that.
1: Yeah, with a bunch of uh, there are lots of concessions hidden inside of the contract to pay for the the minimal raise that that totally financed the minimal raise um, that um, that was included in the contract. But the five years to top pay, it's, it's it's interesting that you raise that because that's one of the things that people need to understand. In terms of the difference between the direction our my administration was taking the union versus the direction that Samuelson has taken the union when I took over the union there was there was a legacy of second class citizenship and discrimination against different specific groups of workers um, and there was a legacy in the union of 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 um, of going along with second class treatment and second class citizenship for certain groups of workers, I'll give you two quick examples that people are not familiar with. One is, um, and there are many others, but one is traffic checkers. We have several hundred traffic checkers. Um, the 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 union for twenty years had agreed on a on a on the, uh, in the contract for traffic checkers to be, not have any guaranteed hours of work whatsoever. So the contract actually says, said at the time that traffic checkers are entitled to be to, um, to from zero to 25 hours of work per week, zero to 25 hours of work per week. Wow which means that when you come when you show up for work it's up to the employer whether you get any work at all you could get sent home or you can get five hours for the week or ten hours for the week zero to twenty five so among the things that that meant it meant that none of them or very few of them ever qualified for any medical coverage because they were not, were not working enough hours mm-hmm. to qualify um but it meant that this was a very this was very this like was like slave labor so typically um, traffic checkers. There would be the, You would get your schedule, your work schedule on Wednesday morning at Livingston Street. So typically, tra- traffic checkers would camp out at, Le- at Livingston Street from Tuesday night on the benches at Livingston Street in order to be the first in line for work being given out Wednesday morning. Okay. Unheard of, right? Um. Um. And and they had none of the benefits that other transit workers have, or, you know, penalty payments, travel time pay, um, and so on and so forth. And that was um so, I mean, who would allow an employer to treat your employees like that? Now, interestingly enough, traffic checkers are over 95 percent black and Hispanic, and probably 70 percent plus female. Correct. So that type of abuse. That the, the union was had allowed that for twenty years, I stopped that, and I told them in the first round of negotiations in two thousand and two that this con, the contract was about dignity and respect, and I said we will not ha- settle a contract unless we begin to fix the conditions of traffic checkers and give them health benefits and give them um, full time jobs and so on and so forth, and we, so we put a lot of measures in the contract to fix that inequity and that discrimination that second-class citizenship another quick example was when I took over and people don't know these things there was a provision in the contract that allowed the MTA to pay um, people in entry-level titles four dollars an hour for it's called a training wage when you're in training in school um, the contract allowed the MTA to pay people at the at rate of $4 an hour. We used to call it Burger King wages. That existed up until 2002. My first contract negotiated, I told them, under no circumstances will that provision stay in the contract. Now, so, now obviously, they would not give um, $4 an hour to uh, a trade mechanic or a trade, a craft person coming into work because they wouldn't be able to retain you. So this four dollars an hour was for station agents and track workers and cleaners and so on. Again, we're talking entry-level people, who tend to be, um, tend to be more people of color and females, were being paid four dollars an hour. Correct. Right. This was another example of the of of the union uh, agreeing to second-class citizenship for designated groups of members. But what it also meant it meant that, that the culture inside of the union was one where uh, people were not being taught or workers were not being taught to defend each other and look out for each other, right? As long as you, as long as you weren't attacking my title, I didn't care if you, if, you, if you had traffic checkers being treated like slaves or entry-level people being being told to live on $4 an hour, right? And unfortunately, that became the culture. That was the culture in the union. Um, and the, di- the, the direction that we began to take the union in, under my administration, was to identify all the areas of unequal treatment and discrimination and attack, it, attack those areas mercilessly. And So if you want to understand my administration and understand the direction Samuelson took this union now, you need to look at, the, you need to look at those big things, because Samuelson has restored... Is by the in these contracts negotiated, last two contracts, he returned to the discrimination against cleaners. Cleaners works were put on a different track. Right? Correct. Right? Um, and new hires were put on five years towards um, top it. Top a. Yeah. So again you, you, you identi- they're returning to the approach of identifying vulnerable groups, targeting them and then
0: dumping shit on them. Yeah. And these groups that you're talking about are mostly African American.
1: Right, black and Hispanic yeah. and females, entry level folks. Um, again, but it, meant, but it means that it is the opposite of what of trade union values is the opposite of an injury to one and in, an injury to all, looking out for each other. It, and it encourages people to just build a me union versus a we union. Correct. You know, and, that's, and that is very much <clears throat> what Samuelson and your channel is about. Have been about, and it's very important um, to, to understand that. One of the other things that, that people don't even know, people just skip over that over as if it's a sp- speed bump. One of the big inequities that I found when I took over was with respect to sick time. Up until the, f- the 2002 contract, Map Store members only had five sick days per year, while Transit Authority members had 12 sick days. That was another issue I told them in 2002 negotiations that there would be no contract unless that was fixed and everybody was put on the same footing, 12 sick days. Yeah. 12 sick days from App Store meant a 140% increase in their sick time Correct. from 5 to 12, right? That's big money.
0: Now, that was done with um, bus consolidation, correct? Yes, I was
1: part of, that's part of bus consolidation. Okay. But 12 sick days... For the first time ever, and we're talking map store members, is over 5,000 people. Yeah, That's big money. Correct. That's big value. Um, but, I mean, so, so part of my approach to in terms of the, the type of union that I was trying to advocate and build was a union where people have common interests. Because you can rally people to a fight easier and better if they're on the same footing. Correct. If, if they fight, have a common, if they have a common interest. Correct common cause rather than um conflicts and inequalities and so on and so forth so that is the that was the sense of it um that was you know it's it's, it'll be it's 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 important to invest in building a united membership that defend each other because when the time comes and you and you have to go into battle if your members are not united right and if they if they um if they at each other's throats they would they'll never be able to take on the mta take on the governor take on the mayor. yeah
0: now um it seems like to me that um you know samuelson was attempting to undo a lot lot of the things that you have done and one of the things was the training and upgrading fund which um steve downs said that it was suspended but um yeah could you talk about that
1: yeah quickly the the training and upgrade fund Was put into the contract in 2002 the training upgrade fund was conceived as a as a way to to move people from entry-level titles into more higher paying skilled titles Um, so the entry-level titles unskilled titles was traffic checkers cleaners station agents and so forth of which we have thousands of people in entry level positions where you just need a high school diploma maybe to get a job and pass a simple test, Correct. right? Um, um, so the, the, pur- that was the purpose of the training upgrade fund. It guaranteed a certain number of apprentices annually, 96 that would go into the skilled positions with full, you know, they will retain their full pay. They will have, be trained for six months or a year, year and a half, whatever, and then go into those positions. Um, One of the first things that Samuelson, and management never liked that. They never wanted that. Before management would only hire apprentices from the transit technical school. Okay. Right? And our approach was, before anyone comes in from the outside, what about people who are already on the property, who are cleaners or station agents and so forth, why not find a way to lift them up, give them a path towards um, Higher-paying skilled jobs, um, so so we wanted in-house promotion of taking care of our people from who oh, are in-house. Um, one of the persons that was very opposed to this, it turns out, was Tony Utano. Tony Utano comes out of maintenance of way, and in maintenance of way, you still have continuing pockets of of um, of of titles. That are that are either all male, or largely white, and so forth, <coughs> and 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 evidently, Uteanor doesn't want to see lowly cleaners being promoted into those positions, which is exactly what the training upgrade fund envisioned, moving people into those positions um, from in-house. Um, so the training upgrade fund, they walked away, they backed. That's another. An example of where they turned their back and allow management to dismantle it. Correct. The the training upgrade. Correct. For, the, and the apprenticeship program for, for years. Yes, apprenticeship program. They just ignored it. Mm-hmm. You know, but they did it for with so many so many areas. We we started opening up swing rooms in Brooklyn because, in, it turns out that there were never swing rooms on the road in Brooklyn for bus operators um, at the end of their runs, no place to relieve themselves they got to go and beg a McDonald's manager to use the bathroom or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Or restaurant or whatever. So we put into the, we had an agreement to requiring the MTA to, to establish at least four swing rooms in Brooklyn. And we began establishing it. These are modern facilities with benches and refrigerators and so forth. There was one at Livingston street, right on the corner of Livingston and J. Um, and um, they, Samuelson and they allowed management to begin to close all of those swing rooms. It's still in the contract, right? And it's a clear obligation management have to, to establish those swing rooms and maintain those swing rooms, mm. right? Now, now the bus operators are back to the same way that they were before.
0: Same conditions. No,
1: no, no swing rooms on the road. Yeah. Um, and this is how management has saved money, um, and old Samuel Sinni have allowed them to just get away with murder
0: correct now during um during the the two thousand and um fourteen uh we' supposed to have a contract in 2014 basically, and Samuelsen ran and it was rumored that he uh postponed it to set himself up to get into the international which which is um where he's at now what's the dangers of Samuelson being in the international and being the international president?
1: Well, Samelson is going to do for the international, for the other transit, other TWU members around the country what he did to New York City Transit workers, which is which is sell them out. Um, That's what. That's all. That's all. That's all he's capable of doing. He has no other record other than (laughs) selling out, selling people out. Um, And I mean, he's an entirely corrupt person, right? um i the, the two biggest mistakes I made in my career as the president of the union well, the first mistake was is called John Samuelson the second mistake is called Curtis state all
0: right well while you say um the the history why is Samuelson a mistake
1: well i well I, b- b- before I realized his conniving scheming and undermining ways um and in terms of focusing on that. He was in the track department as a vice chair, or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, had I picked up on this earlier, I would have dealt with him. Um, but I picked up on it too late.
0: Okay. Now, fast forward to 2017. Uh, saying International Utano uh, appointed union president. Right. Do these guys, do them guys different? Different? Like, are they different from one another?
1: Two peas in a pod except that um except that um yutano <laughs> um, is an, is a one hundred percent sellout he has always been a sellout all they have both always been close to labor relations in maintenance of way um and i'' allowed um allowed the MTA to tar, target activists and fire activists and people that criticize the union administration, that has taken place, widespread inside of maintenance away, both in in the power department, in the line equipment signals department, um, and in um in um in, the, and in the in the track department as yeah. well. Um, and there are specific examples of that taking place as we speak, where individuals who identify who identified as being um, critics of the of the Samuelson Utano administration uh, being written up and served um, dismissal papers and um, and being driven off the job and for or in some cases forced to put in their papers to retire and so on and so forth. A lot of that is going on, um, and it is the collab is collaboration between management and the union. Something that I'm very familiar with because those were the exact same circumstances mm-hmm. under which I was fired. Um, um, prior to becoming president of the union. Um, um, I was targeted, um, brought upon totally flimsy, nonsensical charges. The the dismissal was implemented with the help of the union. Um, so there's there's also a long legacy of labor relations and TW leaders working together to um, attack and, um, and, and attack Opponents of the union and get and, and get and fire people, they have a long, long history of of, of, yeah. of of that going on inside the TW, yeah. And that has been that, that has been that too has been returned under Samuelson on Newtown,
0: yeah. Now, what's your thoughts on um Nelson Rivera, top four position, and and Shirley Martin, VP, up under the Samuelson administration? Because I wasn't here for it, but I heard a lot of uh. You know, uh, Nelson Rivera and Samuelson was like mortal enemies at one time. And then Nelson Rivera goes into the top four for Samuelson's say, so they could try to defeat Trump. That was the reason for their collaboration.
1: Well l- let me just say this. Samuelson likes to sell a bill of goods as if he's for unity and reaches out across the across the aisles and so on and so forth. And the, and some forces in the media have promoted that which is which is um which is simply not true um and mind you when i have done actually reaching out for instance um barry roberts ran against me in the 2006 elections um but barry roberts was brought was uh, was um was brought in as a administrative vice president in 2008 okay um, but they don't talk about that um, because they have a double standard right when i do it it is ignored when Samuelson does do, do, does does it it's applauded but what Samuelson is doing is buy is buying people's silence um, and corrupting people so for, so with respect to nelson and Shirley um, who I have, a, you know, I, I have a fair amount of respect for. Um, Samuelson spent a number of years attacking Nelson viciously. At one point, he even took away Nelson Rivera's vehicle, his access to Union vehicle, um, because, um, um, because Nelson allowed me to move his vehicle from in front of the ps248 training center into the parking lot that at that time i was an international vice president and director of strategic planning for the international union and but they on that basis they removed nelson's vehicle and were threatening him with charges they um they ignored the the car equipment members um, vote for um, nelson and joe campbell and shirley um, and instead, released uh, released a whole slate of officers, or sorry, a slate of people, to run around inside of Kai equipment um, and undermine the elected officers who I just named. Okay. Samuels, that's the type of thing Samuelson was doing for a number of years. In Shirley Martin's case, they also Samuelson also um, had his people bring her up on charges over some nonsense. Um, in the lead up to the last elections, in order to prevent her from running in the elections, so that's that's so that's the background and the backdrop to what recently happened here with Nelson um, um, taking the position of administrative vice president and Shirley becoming the, the the vice president of Kai Griffin. Beyond that, I don't know much in terms of the mechanics of how that occurred or what the thinking was or what their plans I have no idea I've not spoken to either of them in years
0: okay now fast forward till this year because you know throughout this interview you have mentioned that either uh, Samson Utano administration isn't interested lazy or they just plain don't want to do the work uh, as far as fighting for the members so now you have um, the MTA doing a lot of hiring from the street Um, these people are not taking tests to come onto the property they're being hired through resume, which um, signals to me that the MTA is trying to turn this into a more corporate-type structure within the, the TA. And um, when I was uh, speaking to some people who were speaking to the TA, because I was telling uh, basically the reporters that um, the MTA, these not civil service workers. So they contacted the MTA. The MTA said, yeah, they covered under civil service everything except discipline. Which is one of the main protections of civil service, so what's your thoughts on the union allowing the t a to hire circumvent civil service and hire straight from resumes
1: in in provisional status or what it's-
0: provi- it's provisional status okay. allegedly. like that
1: okay I'm not that familiar with the details i mean i don't I don't read the news on a daily basis in terms of as closely as you do here, yeah, I don't live in New York anymore, so I, I'll eventually catch up with it, but so I'll have to familiarize myself with more details of specifically what is being done. I'll comment on some of the things that I've seen recently here. But let me be clear. I'm not saying just that Samuelson and Utano, they're just lazy. I'm saying that these guys are the worst and the weakest leadership and the most sellout leadership I have ever seen in, in TW. Wow. They're worse than... The administrations that we fought and removed in the past. Um under Willie James or under sunny Hall on under John Law, Samuelson Utano crew is worse than any of them could be. Wow. Right? Um uh and, and when I say that I mean both in terms of in terms of the extent to which management fears or respects the union. Um which you need both. You need them to both be afraid of the union and to respect the union. Um, and in terms of the, the the union's ability to protect and defend its, the membership, and, you know, the, the members having a sense that when you come to work that you're protected, that the union is there for you. All of that is is, is, is being rapidly lost under Samuelson and Utano. Um, and that continues. Now, with respect to the um, to what's going on, some of the things going on currently, um, I am finding that the that Samuelson and Utano have been allowing the MTA to get away. I mean, I, 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 to get away with, with with tearing up the contract and the rights of our membership. Um, I mentioned the closing of swing rooms, and there are many other cases. But another, I'll give you a couple of other quick examples. Um, for decades. Um, the, the track department um, produced its own, what we call continuous welded rails. Instead of 39 foot sections of rail, you um, we have a welding plant at Linden Shop where they would weld, we would weld 10, um, 10 sections of rail together. So you have a 390 foot piece of rail okay and the reason why you do that is that the, the elimination of joints in, in the rails um, allows for um, for the for the for quiet the quieter movements or trains and less damage to the tracks right all right um, I found out just recently that is for over a year now um, the welding of rails um, of um, has been given to a private contractor at Linden Shop. Wow! So a private contractor comes in and they do the welding instead of this is work that we we traditionally did for decades. Wow! Was given up to by to a private contractor. I also found out recently as another example in another department <coughs> that the that the MTA is and the union quietly allowing time studies to be done in Coney Island Overhaul Shop by a, a british firm um where the, where these auditors are coming into the shop and observing the job functions in order to identify any pockets of downtime time where people are not actually turning a wrench or doing you know doing some some mechanical work in order to change the work the work procedures to make sure that the that every every minute um of every minute is squeezed from Correct. them. So Correct. for instance, if, if you're working on working on a on a on a on a compressor or some piece of equipment, um you will typically get your put your toolbox there, um and if you need a certain part that when you you discover is damaged or need to be replaced You will walk over to the parts parts department and get it and come back and install it Um, what they are saying now is you don't you don't leave your your um your bench or your location they will bring it to you they'll have somebody bring it to you because the object of the the object is to make sure that you you have there, there are no breaks in your service in your in, in your work yeah. so that every minute is extracted from you wow so they have having time studies done in in different locations and the, which violates our contract and it, it will violate pick and pick procedures but that is that is what's going on um in car equipment and then of course the 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 so-called um customer service um, ambassador Service ambassador thing. Yeah, I is a big violation that. of the contract and uh, you, you the, 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 Before they, you expand on that. Yeah,
0: before you expand on that. Um is it weird for this type of agreement to go down post contract?
1: Absolutely. See if it was not um there's no reason for it to have been done in the sneaky way it was done after if, if if it was if it was a good thing they would have put it into the contract because it actually the documentation shows that this was actually a, a union rec- proposal um um before the contract was settled. So this, bit, this was in play. But they kept it out of the contract and then did it quietly behind the backs even of some of the officers, evidently. Yeah. Right? So it is it is it is a type of provision and changes that should have been put in the contract are membership vote, correct? Right? You would typically do that. This was done behind the backs of the members, correct? And there's a reason why things are done behind the backs of the members. When there's a sellout deal mm-hmm. that manage something the management wants, that's how that's how the, that's how it gets done behind the backs of the members, right? Um, um, so, and, and 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 because it violates the the um, the platform conductor's um, duties and, and their pick rights, and it violates the station agent's duties and pick rights. Correct. Right? Um, and seniority rights, pick and seniority rights. And you can't do that without a negotiation or without an agreement on the part of the union. Um, but TW would typically put any changes of that nature into a, to, to a membership vote in the contract. Correct. This this was not done in that manner.
0: Correct. And and some of the language from the uh, customer service ambassador to me visually what it looks like is that they finally got the station agents out the booth yes. and onto the to the platform. Now some of the language said that there will be no reduction in station agents. But Tony Utano was selling it is that we created jobs. My argument is that you didn't create jobs. You just move the same people from one location to another with new job duties or whatever the case is, because the, there's nothing in that agreement that says we're moving them out the booth and we're hiring new people to put in the booth.
1: Right. They, 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 what they're gonna do is it, it's, it's just it's just a play of words. They're gonna treat the number of station agents by simply saying that not, there'll be no there'll be no. Um, th- so when so in, in terms of the hiring of the rehiring of trans, of station agents, you're gonna see less and less of that are taking place correct the numbers are going to' gonna be pulled up
0: correct now is this broadbanding
1: It's broadbanding of the of the two titles correct of station agents and um platform, and platform, yeah. con, pla- conductors. platform conductors
0: yeah so um would you for the station agents out there should they be worried
1: absolutely. I I think that the, there's a reason why they're going after station agents. It's part of Utanos and their view, is that that is a that that's a vulnerable title, and you can when you when you can dump shit on them.
0: Yeah. Now, um, in my opinion, mm. you know that that program came out. The customer service ambassador program came out. First of all, the, the the MTA was slick. They started it during the international elections when they knew the offices was in Vegas. That's when they started the. Uh, they actually put people out there.
1: Yeah, but it's evident that the union it was, was doing, doing it before. W- yeah. was in on the game. Yeah, w- without a doubt,
0: the union was in on the game. Now, after this goes through, the MTA hires this new guy, and the uh, Byford—I think his name is from Canada—who he's like Mister Robotic. He, you know, he is he, opto train operation in, in, in Canada. You know, he's about reducing the workforce and replacing them with machines. Do you yeah. think that all this was in the play? of this guy automatically just coming in after the customer service ambassador thing was in play i think that he maybe ha- even had some uh some a narrative in in this whole situation
1: i i can't not, not with respect to the to the customer service ambassador because from the paperwork i have seen the notion of changing the way these these stations are serviced mm-hmm. has been floated floated between the union and management for at least the past couple of years yeah. Okay. Um, before before the opening even occurred. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I so and and I, I quite frankly I'm gonna bone bone up very shortly on this guy's background and what his um, <laughs> what his history is. Yeah. Um, because. Um, in Toronto the system is represented by the amalgamated transit union. Correct. A real the same international amalgamated transit union from from the US represents a real international union. Right. Right. <laughs> represents them in in, in um in um, Canada in Canada. Yeah. yeah.
0: So um now another thing that was floating around the internet was the undoing the consolidation oh. which which end up affecting the maintenance um part of buses where they can't pick and they got to pick into TA de- depots or, or OA depots is this a sign that maybe unconsolidation is coming to the operators themselves
1: Um, I am not I saw mention of that maintenance issue yeah and I, but I'm, I'm not familiar it's, it's strange and surprising to me um, I don't so I, but but I'm not familiar with the de- with the details Um the whole the whole um attack on bus consolidation was an attempt to foster all divisions inside of the union rather than fostering unity among the membership um some of the officers elected officers thrive on promoting tribal differences between mm-hmm. our titles and our members right Um, so that they can tell the members, you know, vote for me to, um, vote for me because I am the only one that will look out for you. These other guys looking out for his title and that type of stuff. The opposite of trade unionism is what these guys practice. The problem is that, um, and I don't know what the status of the so-called, of the lawsuit is, whether that's still in play over the bus consolidation issue. But part of the bus consolidation deal was the increase in sick time for map store members from five days to
2: 12 to, to 12 days,
1: yeah. which they currently have. Correct. And which they have been enjoying for the past um, almost 15 years. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So is that going to be reversed to go back to five, six days a year? Is that what they're advocating? That's what they want? Yeah. That's the world that they want to go back to five, six days a year. Correct. Well, every generation has to wage its own battle and has to fight. Um, um, but I find it to be quite, um, you know, shocking and a betrayal, what they're talking about with respect to bus consolidation.
0: Yeah. Now, when I used to um, look at some of the pictures of when you used to have mass membership meetings, I'm talking about pack wall to wall, people excited. Um, December ninth, we having a mass membership meeting at a venue that holds only 1800 people
1: right
0: what is that a sign of
1: well from the beginning Samuelson has not been able to rally the members um and um um and we have best been advertising and telegraphing the weakness of the union so the so called membership meetings are going to shrink to more and more until you eventually could meet in a phone booth um, <laughs> but um I mean, we, we, we used to, our meetings, our mass membership meetings used to go from, to, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16,000 people in Jacob Javits, um center.
0: Yeah, I've seen it.
1: People piling outside, nothing, we don't have room, we had to, we had to, we had to put, put um, speakers outside for them to hear the meeting, because they had no more room wow. to come in. Um, that was a mobilized, a genuinely mobilized uh, membership. And because management watches these things. Yeah. You know, uh, to see what the strength of the union is and so on. Um, and I put the requirement to have a mass membership meeting, which by the way, those mass membership meetings were not taking place before my administration. I put that into the bylaws to require annually one mass membership meeting. Of all t- And again, it is the notion of all titles, all divisions, all sections, including MTA bus, sitting in the same room and Planning our future together correct rather than um having um having the membership divided by division and sections and so on it's also the reason why in the in the- stri- coming out of the strike we unified the expiration date for the m t a bus contract all right to make sure that the m t a bus contract um expired the, the same time as the t a o a contract yeah right that was one step of what we hope to be additional steps to come to fully unify the membership uh-huh. under the same terms and conditions. Yeah. Now- so, but in, So instead of a unified membership, they're going in the opposite direction. Now, MTA bus has been jet- jettisoned off on its own. Mm-hmm. They have a different expiration. Now, uh, that has been re- returned. And now they're looking to the, redivide the membership between MapStore and TA. Yeah. Right. Um, over the consolidation issue and so forth.
0: Yeah. So and and it's funny that you mentioned, um you know uh, contract dates because a lot of people was upset when you when the contract was moved until a January date versus mm-hmm. before the December date. Now you got um Samuelson them um, they move it to a, a summertime May date. It is. Yeah, May nineteenth. Oh okay. Yeah. So. Huh.
1: I didn't. I didn't quite. Um, recall that. They
0: moved it from, from January to it's due May uh, 2019 now.
1: Well, that's ridiculous. I mean, l- let me just say that the uh, the decision to change the contract expiration date from before Christmas to January 15th is it?
0: Um, yeah, 15th. Yeah. I think January, yeah, January 15th this
1: Was in fact a concession that we agreed to coming out of the strike. I'm not going to try to pre- pretend it was anything. It was a concession. All right. Right? Um I thought it was an acceptable concession because it was still in the dead of the winter. Right? Um which is what you want. Um you don't want because um, it's, it's it is still hugely impactful. It's not as impactful as before Christmas, but it is still it's it still has power to that. Correct. When you move your contract now to when the kids are coming out of school, right, and so therefore you don't have um, school children being transported and so forth, you have far less strength, right? It's one of the reasons why transit you you don't do a transit strike if you could avoid it in the summer,
2: correct?
0: Right?
1: Yeah, you do it in the winter, then everybody's using the subway
0: caller hold hold on for one second caller give me one give me one one second caller i'm gonna plug you in you got your first call roger i'm pretty happy pretty happy about this hello caller how you doing hello hello he must have hung up listen the numbers on the screen Y'all want to speak to roger live Is three four seven four six four um 2880. now another thing i want i wanted to bring up was that these people Oh, you know, Roger, 1.5 for the, for the health benefits. Mm-hmm. Then they turn around and right. they do
1: 2%. Anyway, that, that's interesting. And again, the 1.5 was the conversation and the specific agreement was largely to finance what we call lifetime medical coverage for retirees. Correct. Right. We calculated what the cost of that was how many thousands and thousands of retirees we have all around the country who had no coverage? And that cost is incorporated into Call
3: the
0: 1.5. Caller, hold on one second.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, And it is true. The they campaign. Hold
0: on one second, Rod. Caller, you got to turn off your background. Yeah, you got to.
3: I'm just thankful.
0: Yeah, you got to turn down your background. He's
3: always been um, a unionist. Uh,
0: I'm wait, wait, hold on. Who, who? Hold on, hold on. Who are you? Say your name.
3: Sylvester
0: Brown. The Sylvester. <laughs> Sylvester Brown. <laughs> All right, what you? What you got to say about Roger, man? Roger, he, 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 he's,
3: he he's being so kind, but that, that's his. That's who he is. He's just a straight-up person. He doesn't have anything malicious to say or do. Samuelson oh. and that and that crew, JP and Willie really Rivera and the Ozzy masses, uh, What's his name, Donnie Yates? It, it, they screwed up the whole union. Yeah. That what? strike. That strike was so. It, my family came they brought food um got the school across the street you had educators it it was a wonderful thing and and to see it to see it being twisted as like it's rogers um strike no we voted for roger to strike that roger listened to the members that's missing now
0: correct Right. So you have a question for now, Roger?
3: The, the members have no say so who who who, who they who they um uh, who they going to back in the elections and they don't have they don't have a say so.
0: Mr. Brown, do you have a question for Roger? No,
3: yeah, it's not a question. I applaud him and I thank him. For Appreciate you.
0: Thanks for calling in, brother.
1: I mean I fully agree with the brother here the these guys have destroyed set back TW for decades it is again to reiterate um it is it it, it I can on, honestly say that it is the worst I have ever seen the union in terms of com- comparing the strength of leadership e- even before before my administration
0: now yeah cuz with the e-board, the e-board is supposed to be for the members, mm-hmm. um, and you know, with Samuelson administration, there's a lot of elected reps that ser- also serve as e-board members. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the problem with that?
1: Well, the under Samuelson, you have you have the most most of the executive board uh, on his staff, on his paid staff um and the mechanism that they use to justify that is having the division chairs also run as executive board members so then they put oh, the division I'm chairs I'm
0: hold on one second caller yeah got it, Roger. okay, oh, okay. yeah who, who's calling hello yeah who's this uh gary 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 who
3: hello.
0: oh how you doing how you doing you got a question for roger
3: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Axe ax away, axe away. Let's get it.
3: Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, so here's my my, my question is about this here. Uh, well, first of all, I want to say, like, yeah, you know, Roger's been very mild and handled these guys uh, who are nothing but, uh, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll let him talk about it. But anyway, uh, um, the thing I wanted to ask is about the station, this uh, station ambassador, um, how serious... A problem this is. And I'd like Roger to talk about that a little. Like, this is a direct assault, as I see it, on civil service. And it's the way of them worming this in that they want to spread eventually over the whole system. Uh, so, what do you guys have to say about that?
1: Well, I think that you're exactly correct. It is a very dangerous precedent to going to. They, they come up with this scheme to just create this position that, gets, that doesn't end wrong and run around two division, two division picks, both station agents as well as... Um, conductors. Conductors. Um, and, and because people are going to be selected for those positions. So you have station agents in boots who have spent um, 15 years who have not been able to get Saturday, Sundays off, who are now going to... Now they're gonna they're gonna select people for these uh, st- um, customer service ambassador positions, and they are going to be Saturday Sunday hours because you don't need a, a customer service ambassador Sun Sunday for for Sunday and service. Yeah. <laughs> right. You need them during during business hours. Correct. during Commission hours Monday to Friday. Correct. Um, so that 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 is going to lead to a significant reduction in the in in terms of premium premium radios in both um stations department and um and to the extent it exists Call
3: from hold on one second roger we're
0: we'll gonna try to get as many questions as we could in. Who, who who's calling hello hello yeah
3: this is cook
0: this is cook come out v
3: cook
0: yeah how you doing brother v cook all right. Um. Hold hold on one second. Let Roger finish his thought with this, this this station, and then uh, you can ask your question. All right? all
1: right. All right. All right. So the so. So um, the fact that they were able to do this, and uh, and they are doing this, is going to become a a a model that then they could approach other titles and do, for 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 other areas that the TA may have been contemplating over the years they have a wish list of things that they have always wanted to see change. And under Samuelson and Utano, they are allowed to take their wish list and operate as if it's Christmas. <laughs> wow. Right. Um, and the customer service ambassador thing is, 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 is prime on their wish list
3: of tearing
1: up the contract. And and, the, and so then you, you end up relying upon, upon these type of, um, these type of, side agreements outside of the contract, outside of the pick and seniority system. Um so it's a whole new model being introduced. And that's that's what people need to understand. It's an entirely new model of, of where instead of seniority you have selection. Huh. They they can select huh. who they want. You know and they're gonna have they're gonna have their own criteria. Right? They want people to so but piece piece of this also is um, with respect to the, to the duties of the customer service agent, you, you're going to see that evolving, right? Maybe even into, um, maybe even into, um, encroaching upon some of the cleaner functions, the, the jobs that cleaners do on the stations. I would imagine that if a customer service agent is on a platform, they can tell, they can tell that customer service agent, you know. In between trains, why don't you um, pick up um, pick up any um, debris? Debris, yeah. on the on on, on the platform. And put it in at least. Put it in the bin.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, maintain a clean area. I'm sure that in, in their training of people, they're gonna be promoting those ideas. Huh. And so you, you're gonna see more. The door has been opened here in a big way, um, and um, you're gonna see more and more of that happening.
0: All right, let's get let's get to the next question. V. Cook, what's going on, bro? Yeah. yeah hey, ahead.
1: hey, how you doing, Kamel? How you doing, Roger? Hey, how are you doing, brother?
3: All right. Mm-hmm. My question is, okay, that um how I was let go out of Oway um for um for collisions. For non preventable collisions out with thirteen months and I had passed my probation. My thing is um on non preventable accidents when it's not your fault. And the union told me that they was gonna get me my job back. They never got me my job back. They never made the calls what they supposed. To. They never arbitrated me. And and they just like just shoved me to the side. Well, but you... but I have my folder and all my papers, everything. But a lot of the is a lot of fraudulent documents that was written up and it's not true.
1: Well, I can leave my, my email address with, with, with Romel and you can you can scan and send me some of the documentation so I can have a look at it. But you yes. you at thirteen months you're entitled to to the step um, discipline process including arbitration. So I'm I'm surprised that they that they have not taken you to arbitration on the issue. Um, you know so, so I mean uh, but the, the biggest issue here is that the the, the, the union needs to take a very very strong stand that um you know over the over the what they classify as preventable and non-preventable accidents um because the MT operates on the notion that some of the other bus operators set out in the morning when they leave home to go out over there and crash, awesome. crash buses and and, 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 and and knock people down which is just ridiculous Yeah. Um, you know um new york's supposed to be a no fault state right um i know. can't really
0: wait got ahead, got go hold Hello? new caller hold on we, we, we was trying to answer one question at a time the phone going crazy new caller hold on yeah roger
1: yeah very quickly the, the 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 logic behind no fault um no fault um policy with respect to um accidents is is exactly that there's the you know an absent someone being um, intoxicated or, um, or you know, uh, intoxicated or high or whatever, um, there is, you know, drivers are supposed to be assumed, it's supposed to be assumed there's as an accident, right? It happened for, who would want to, dis- to destroy equipment, destroy anything, <coughs> and put themselves at risk and, to, and put the public at risk? So that's the human approach, and that's how the no-fault law evolved in New York. Um, but they're applying a different set of rules inside to the union, to, uh, to transit workers. But again, these things don't happen if you have a strong union. They contemplated lots of moves while, while I was president. And I told them there are certain issues that are matters of principle. And matters of dignity and respect for my members, and they will have hell to pay if they, if they if they if they if they if they tread on those issues and this type of abuse of of operators is one of them um we We made a lot of changes with respect to um the classification of preventable and unpreventable accidents and so forth and things when when uh, when I was there. And uh, we will point we're headed in a, in, a, in a in a more positive direction but a lot of lots of that stuff has been reversed um in the last several years
0: right. v i hope that answers your question bro yeah. we got to take the Wait, next caller so. um, Yeah, yeah go
1: ahead. tromel is going to have my, my email address. yeah v so.
0: hit me behind the scenes and i'll give you and i'll give you his email address all right all right thank you
2: Trumel. there you
0: go. I, no problem okay thank you all right new caller how you doing
4: Thompson, this is Trina Hayes, B
0: Division train operator. How you doing? My favorite. How you doing? All right,
4: all right. for both you guys. start with you, Yes. First of all, I would like to thank you on your progress that you're doing with Progressive Action. I'm feeling you. I'm voting for you. And I wish you all the luck because you see all of this mess that thank. we're dealing with, right? Thank so you. I hope you're ready for the job. Thank you. And the question I want to ask you, is Roger Toussaint mentoring you?
0: Um, like I said earlier in the show, um, before I became a transit worker, I looked up to to Roger. Throughout my life, I looked up to powerful figures, um, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, good. you know, um, those type of individuals. Good. Within my time, I was happy I like to experience that. someone like Roger who stood up to the bosses, as someone who looks like me, who probably had the same struggle as me, and things like that. And um, Roger will be someone who I will call if I need help with anything, if I need information, you know, he's a a walking vote of information, of, of, of knowledge and information and wisdom. So, um, you know, but
1: but also understand that I never met Tromel or spoke to Tromel before my first appearance on the, on the radio program. So the, okay, so, now, so this, this, this initiative is his and Jamel's initiative.
0: Yeah. I didn't know Roger prior to, to last year. To
1: my, uh, to my appearance on the radio program.
0: Okay.
4: Yeah. <clears throat> okay, great. So now, Roger, how you doing? Welcome back. Thank it's you. good to see you. I don't know where you've been, but welcome <laughs> back. And now my um comment and question to you is, my comment is thank you for all that you have done for us in the past. Thank yep. you for the strike. That was my first strike ever. I was mm-hmm. out there every day for three days. Even thank Even so though I you. still want my three days payback. But I know we ain't getting that. But anyway, moving mm-hmm. on. I was gonna ask you the same thing: Are you mentoring Terrell Thompson? And from what you've seen from him so far, how do you think the um, he's? How do you? What do you think he's gonna take this union? And is he good for us, in your opinion, the facts and everything that you know about Mister Thompson?
0: Wow, that's a big question. Yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs>
1: well, I mean, my my role or my view is that I attempt to help the future generation or the current generation of trans workers answer the challenges that are before them my generation had to do likewise and we did it in our way we took over union we led a rank and file a revolt inside of local 100 we pushed aside the do nothings like steve dungs and tim skimhorn from your department meaning the rto rto department these guys were Doing nothing in terms of seriously fighting management and took over the union um, and led the fight against management that led to the strike in 2005. My role now, I'm retired. I'm not, when you say welcome back, be careful on that. I, I, <laughs> I'm going back when I leave this program, I'm going back to Atlanta. <laughs> so I'm just okay, visiting. Okay. But to the extent that I could help in terms of it, help to assist or clarify any issues to help this generation take on its challenges. Um, um I will. Um I think Tromel has shown a lot of courage, the type of fearlessness and courage that you need to take on these bullies. Um that has been yes, some that's has been somewhat lacking among trans workers. I'm I'm somewhat dispirited when I see the absence of what Don I don't know if you remember um, Don King um Used to call it testicularlessness, right? <laughs> um, among among mm. among some of these transit workers who don't who seem to be afraid to stand up for their dignity and self respect, or to take on yep, and handle yeah, these these bullshit union reps in the way that they need to be handled firmly, right? So that has been a yeah. th- that has been very disappointing for me observing and seeing the how things have been going downhill. Right, so Tromel has been doing, and, and Jamel, this, this project that they have, they have been conducting for the past um, close to two years is a, is a welcome sign, of, you know, fresh air of militancy, of defiance, um, you know, and, and, and that, is, that, is the, that is part of the process of this generation coming into its own um, and finding its feet, they will you know stand finding your legs, you're fighting legs. You know, so yes. I, I wish I wish them well. You know, I think that is Thank that you. that these guys who run in the union should have been taken out, you know, two elections ago, or last election, because they have screwed so many transit workers. I mean, tier six pension mm-hmm. is a is a crime.
4: Yes. <laughs> it's a crime. It's you a know
1: disgrace. We, that's the reason it's why we, we went yeah. on strike to block that. And these guys have allowed yeah. it, and now we have ten thousand members under tier six, right? And in five years, it's going to be twenty thousand members, right? By the time this election, next election rolls around next year, it will be six years of tier six. That's 12,000 12, members will be under tier six. Um, you know, and um, and that's just one example of what they have allowed, yeah. and and, um, and 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 something needs to be done. I mean, you know, so. Um, so I would just encourage everyone to um, put on your um, your big big boy drawers and your and your big girl drawers and
0: and going going to battle. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling in, Trina. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us for the perspective yeah. mm-hmm. and the courtesy towards us, and I wish you all the best. I got okay. your back. All right, thank you, sis. All right. All right. Oh man, so look, it's it's about that time, Roger. Like mm-hmm. this, this time went by fast. Yeah. Um, anything that we didn't cover that you would like the people to know?
1: I'm sure when I leave here, I'll stuff think to so. to my mind.
0: <laughs>
1: but um, you know, much of... I, I, I'll just reiterate one point. I mean, folks look at the issues, look at the past, and the, and everybody could come up with a grievance or something you don't like or whatever, whatever. The important thing in this business is... <clears throat> Is to is is to understand the direction that things are headed right um we were attempting to take the union in a certain direction of a more united membership a more militant membership a more membership engaged union a union where the officers were closer to the members right this is why we do all of the kind of reforms inside of the union to make the officers more accountability accountable one of the reasons why i was disliked by certain people was because you can't be a bum around me if you if you if you're getting a salary and membership dues money you are not be allowed to hang out in the office and put your feet upon the desk and (laughs) as if you have a sense of entitlement you want to be out in the out in the room right um I remember, for instance, there was one officer, one of Steve Dung's buddies, who used to insist on showing up at the union in sneakers. And he was a train operator. And I said to him repeatedly, you know, what? Am, if, if we have a 12-9, and we need a crew to go out over there and escort a train operator to the clinic so that he's not that's surrounded by all these white hats and bullies. And he repeatedly refused to come to work with a... With a, with a, with a which with footwork that would allow him to go down on the tracks because in his view he's a union rep and he should be working in the offices and rubbing shoulders with labor relations people so i bounced him right and that's so that's the kind of thing that you run into if you're going to allow if you run in a union a serious union you you have to have you have to require your membership to require staff and your officers to live among the membership and to experience what the membership experience live there right and to and work work for that sal- the salaries that they get in now instead you have you have a, a you have a officer core of bums running the union lazy people right um who have a sense of entitlement they think that when they get elected that it gives them the right to do nothing right um so that's a that's a huge problem and um I, I agree for the challenge that, um, that, that transit workers have to undertake now to, to handle this situation. But, um, um, but the the critical issue is taking the union in, in one direction or the other direction, the direction that these guys are taking the union is, is having a divided membership, um, dividing people by title, by division, by entry level people, by having people scapegoated and people, um, um, put into second class status, going back to the old status quo inside of this union. Now, that's a problem.
0: Yeah. Now, before we get out of here, I have a question. Um, as it was stated all over, you know, progressive action, I announced that I was going to run for, um, local 100 president. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that?
1: Well, I think that, um, that between you and Joe and whoever else is out there that, um, I'm really interested in changing this union that you all need to work it out so there is only one candidate uh one way or the other um um you know i think that both you and joe are qualified to um to um to run the union and to and on any day you all can do far better than than any of them inside <laughs> of i think that the issue is, uh, is what transit doesn't need is is someone to turn the help turn the corner and open the door to change to, to 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 make things better to get members more engaged and involved in the union. So I, I would hope that you all work it out, yeah, figure it out, um, you know, uh, because it, because there needs to be one uh, one candidate and slate running against. Um, Tony Utano, who is a 100% sellout. Um, I know very well from, um, he comes out of the same department. I came out of maintenance of weight.
0: Okay. So any advice, uh, to me?
1: Um, primarily to, um, um, figure out how to, how to, um, what, what type of agreement you could live with. And, um, because i think there needs to be a place for everybody who wants to fight. Yeah. Who really wants to fight, they need to make sure there's a place for everybody. Yeah. to join in in that fight. Yeah. You know. The
0: man the man have spoken. Yeah. I'm I'm very happy with this interview right here. Yeah. Very happy. Before we get out of here, I need y'all to go check out wemove.newyork.com once again for the hottest transit wear. Look at that major league conductor, major league motorman. Uh um, we move New York dot com, my boy Q, man. Which, this... by the
1: way, we We Move New York is a slogan that was invented under my administration to <laughs> as, as to establish pride in in, in for, for, among transit workers work. Um the cops say that they're the bravest and the firefighters say they're the whatever. And we came up, we actually taught thought about it and we said you know, we're gonna we could, we, we gotta ch- create a brand for TW. And the brand we came up with is we Move New York. Oh, I, n- I never knew that. Cause I, I
0: just I just did the New York New York City toughest of the play New York City, NYCT. Right.
1: We move New York it was a was a Brandon Nate phrase. We actually have have things with it.
0: We oh okay. Oh I n- I never knew that. Yeah. See look, leaders think alike out here. I didn't even know that. But um thanks for tuning in. I appreciate y'all listening. Um, spread this show, add people to the group. Um, thanks, Roger, again for coming through, man. I'm, I'm very happy you came it. through. I appreciate it. All right. I'll catch y'all later. Peace.